ladies and gentlemen, Cardinal fans of all ages, welcome to Chris and Coach Beyond the Box Score. I'm Chris Grace. I'll be your host, joined every week by current Wesleyan Athletic Director and former head football coach, Mike Whalen. Each week, Coach and I will interview some of your favorite former Cardinals and find out exactly what they've been up to. Without further ado, it's time to check in with the coach, Mike Whalen. Okay, Coach, another week, another great guest, and another guest with quite the resume as we welcome in a guy who has won more than anybody in his profession. Tell everyone about our, our guest tonight, Coach, because he shares quite a few things in common with our very own Coach Whalen. Yes, he's a classmate of mine from the class of 1983 at Wesleyan University, Bill Mandigo, uh, head women's ice hockey coach at Middlebury College. Uh, been up at Middlebury for 33 years, coached football, coached uh, women's golf, still coaches women's golf now. Uh, I think was assistant baseball coach at one point. Uh, obviously, uh, been the uh, women's head hockey coach for for uh, a long time, and has uh, had you know arguably one of the best, if not the best, uh, women's ice hockey program in Division Three in the country. So, really excited to catch up with Bill tonight. Yeah, he's got an amazing pedigree. Talking about more wins than anyone ever in women's ice hockey and multiple-time national champion. And we'll get to know kind of how Bill ended up in Vermont and kind of, you know, like we do every week, talk about his Wesleyan experience. And I'm sure he's going to have a couple of good tidbits and stories to talk about when you two guys were at school at the same time. We got that to look forward to. But perhaps, if possible, an even bigger news. Back with us on the pod after... uh, well, I guess you won't know what this guy's been up to, but let's just say a familiar, familiar sounding voice is coming up. He's going to tell you how you can be connected with our podcast. He is the producer, Mike O'Brien. Mike, what's going on? Yeah, so you can find the podcast by following Wesleyan Athletics on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, they are also on the Athletics website, the University SoundCloud channel, and Apple Podcasts. Um, and if you'd like to reach out to us, you can also email athletics at wesleyan.edu. And if this is the first one you're listening to, how many we have now? We have we have quite a library going here. Yeah, so I could tell you exactly. I could tell you exactly what the where the library stands, Coach. And I, I believe that this would be uh, what is this? Ob, is this 15, fifteen, sixteen, fifteen? Yeah. yeah, fifteen. That's more than a baker's dozen, which is you know my favorite kind of dozen because you get the extra one in there, no matter what your food of choice. The bakers always take care of you with that extra one, Coach, and it's very important. You're telling me that? You don't need to tell me that. <laughs> it's very, very important. But uh, enough of that, enough food talk. Some of us are hungrier than others right now. We're going to stop wasting our time, stop wasting your time, bring you our interview. Here's our guest, class of 1983, head coach of the Middlebury Panthers women's ice hockey team, Bill Mandigo. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of Chris and Coach Beyond the Box Score, your only place for official Wesleyan athletics. That's right, tonight we welcome in another great guest, another coach that has done fantastic things since graduating from Wesleyan, class of 1983, current Middlebury Panthers women's ice hockey coach, Bill Mandigo. Bill, welcome to our podcast. Thanks for having me. All right, so Bill, we do it every week. Coach is waiting to get some jabs in. Coach, Coach and Bill, class of 83, I felt that, Coach. It's coming, I know, but bide your time. We want to give a little background here. Before we get to Coach, Bill, tell everyone how you ended up in Middletown. Um, there are a couple, of, a couple of little stories. One, um, uh, Frank Hauser, who was a class of 79, I think, from the same hometown, and uh, he, he had gone, uh, so that kind of uh, kind of piqued, piqued my interest. But the, the, the real, I guess the, the, the other piece of it was uh, I, I PG'd at a, a place called the Hill School outside of uh, Philadelphia, Pottstown, Pennsylvania. And uh, I played football, hockey, and baseball there. And our goalie for the hockey team was, uh, was Mike McNamott. And... Uh, 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 Bill McDermott, the old football coach's son, and uh, he ended up uh, coming to most of our football games. And uh, I spend a lot of time talking to him um, uh, in, in the rinks. And I uh, just, I thought the guy was special. And um, 
he would be fun to play play for. And uh, uh, yeah, so he was a big reason. You know, he was a real big reason. So obviously, you know, you said he played three sports, but you know, now obviously you're known for hockey. But but going into college, hockey wasn't the number one priority for you. Not not at Wesleyan. No, um, um, you know, Wesleyan, it was, you know, when I had been away from home and then, and then, um, Wesleyan was close to home and, uh, you know, I had some choices and, uh, um, and each, each school that I, that I was looking at, I would have played different sports and, uh, but Wesleyan was the only one that where I could play three, yeah, because the, the hockey back then wasn't, uh, quite as good as it is now. And, uh, um, and it, and it fit and, uh, you know, so playing football and then, and then being able to go to hockey, I was good enough to just be able to go out and play, um, and, and get out there and play. And then, and then, uh, there was a, a little bit of overlap with baseball and coach Costi, um, understood and, and, uh, I would go in and hit and, uh, I didn't have to go to practice until, uh, you know, obviously until uh, the hockey season had ended in our first year. Um, first year playing hockey, we made the playoffs for the first time, um, you know, probably in years. Um, and, uh, so it extended, the, it extended the hockey season a little bit. Um, but you know, I was able to play all, all three, at least the, for, for my freshman year. And then after that, Bill, what did you, where did you end up? You know, to, you know, I, I can't remember what I had for breakfast yesterday. So, <laughs> um, so, so, so how many years did you play other sports? I played uh, last last game last football game sophomore year. I had my knee my knee taken out, yeah, and it was, okay. and then I spent the whole winter on crutches, and then got off the crutches enough to be able to DH for for, the, for baseball. Actually, had a good year um, hitting, and then had uh, had had my knee uh, operated on as soon as we get back as soon as I got back to Rhode Island after school had ended, and it was it was right before the right before the days when they could scope. And back then the, the uh, surgery was go in, we fed to cartilage was going and take the whole cartilage out. And that's what happened. And then that kind of ended, uh, kind of ended football and, and, and hockey for me. And, uh, uh, and I just played baseball uh, uh, junior and senior year. And, and then senior year, I actually coached football. I've coached hockey with, uh, I was uh, Dave Snyder, Duke Snyder's assistant coach um in in hockey in uh i coached football i, I coached football in glass in glastonbury for two years so my junior and senior year i coached football at glastonbury high school as an assistant and then uh, senior year i coached hockey and then i stayed around for another year and coached another year of hockey with duke and another year of football at glastonbury and so were you we i mean in college were you pretty much i mean again i don't you know i mean i what i remember career-wise for me was you know, I, you know, I tell people all the time, you know, I, you know, we have this big, beautiful career center now, right smack, you know, behind Andrews Field, um, you know, next to Usedan, and it's gorgeous. When we were there, the career center was some house by Butterfield, I think. Um, <laughs> yeah. and yeah, we, really, never went, we never uh, went there. We never went there anyway. <laughs> and uh, like in May, you know, I'm like, yeah, I think they're kicking us out of here in a couple of weeks. Like, what, are, what am I going to be doing? Like, so... You know, uh, you know, for you, was it? Were, were you pretty set that you were going to pursue something in coaching? No, I actually, um, I spent a, a lot, a lot of time. Uh, um, must have been, must have been spring of junior year. Um, taking the LSATs, I'm getting ready to take the LSATs, and um, and uh, and then I took them. That's what I was. You know, I always laugh now with kids to go go become lawyers and. You know, for me, it was I'm going to become a lawyer because I didn't know what else to do. And uh, right, the, the thought of leaving school was like, what do you mean? There's no school. There's no next. And uh, so I did. I did the law school thing, and then and then went through the whole thing. I was going to go to Temple. Uh, had a, I had a, an apartment in Temple in Philadelphia. Going to go to Temple, and then uh, one thing led to another, and it was it's like the middle of summer. I'm like, what am I doing? I don't want to be a lawyer. And I actually went back to Connecticut, lived with uh, two other um, uh, Wesleyan alums, um, uh, Frank Hauser and uh, Dave Barnard. And I sub a substitute taught for the whole fall. And then I uh, got a job at Glastonbury High School. 
and I coach. So I coached football at Glastonbury, but then that was my first actual real paycheck was from the Glastonbury school system. So I, I taught there for the for the winter and the spring, um, uh, and, and coached football there and coached coach hockey uh, with Duke at Wesleyan. Great, great. And then uh, and then you made a you made a return to uh, to the Hill School, right? Didn't you go back to the Hill School? Went back to the Hill School, and uh, uh, you know, I, I you know, I, I I was getting rifted, you know. So in public schools, if the uh, if the demographics, if there's not enough kids um, in uh, to to keep the same number of teachers that they had, then they they let the bottom guys go. And I was I was one of the bottom guys, so I was going to get I was going to lose my position in Glastonbury, and I started doing all the the prep school thing and looking around, and one thing led to another. I went back to Hill. And I was, uh, I coached football and hockey. I was an assistant coach in both. Um, and then uh, the next year, uh, my second year, the, uh, and the hockey was really good, like really, really good. Football was really good too. And, you know, they played all the interact, in, all the interact teams, you know, Haverford and Germantown Academy and Penn Charter. So it was really good football, but the hockey was really, really good. And uh, um, after the first year, the, the head football, the head coach was also the head hockey coach uh said to me after the last hockey game he goes well that's my last game you're in charge next year and i just looked at him and said there's no way i can do this and i'm not <laughs> ready to do this and he goes oh, i'll help i'm not gonna go anywhere i'm not gonna i'm not gonna i'm not gonna leave but i i had the next two years i was uh i, I ran the defense um the football and then i was that hockey coach i had kids drafted i had kids uh you know go to bc and princeton and yale and, i mean the, the hockey was was that good and then, uh, yeah, so I stayed there for a couple more years and moved back to Rhode Island for a year, and then ended up at, ended up at Middlebury. Well, how did, yeah, go ahead. Go well, ahead. I was just going to say thanks for the segue because you know we buried the lead a little bit. You know, you're just joining us. We're talking to class of '83 graduate Bill Mandigo, who is the head coach of the Middlebury Panther women's hockey team, and is also the winningest coach in the history of the women's hockey game. Entering his thirty-third year as head coach of the Panthers, coach, did you think in nineteen eighty-eight that you'd still be in Middlebury once you got there? Did you know that was your final destination? How did you, how did you kind of uh, end up turning this into a, you know, a lifetime spot, as you will? You know, I, I never, I never thought that. Um, honestly, I, I was teaching school in in uh, in uh, where I had gone to high school in Barville, and uh, I got a phone call one uh, one day in the spring. And they took me out of class to take the phone call. The person who called said it's an emergency because you weren't supposed to, you know, you weren't supposed to take calls. And and uh, and they said the person on the other end, I, I think something's wrong. You know, I've got a, I've got a, you know, a baby. You know, the whole night something, something happened to somebody. And and uh, and, they, and it was uh, Frank Hollister. He said, hey, he, who was coaching at Wesleyan then? And he said, hey, there's a there's a football job open at Middlebury. I've already called up for you. Um, yeah, I called the AD and Don Russell called up and uh, and uh, who had been who had been uh, was the AD at, at Wesleyan at the time. He said uh, uh, you're going to get an interview out of this. And so I went to I actually went to, to Middlebury in 1988. Went up to interview in the summer with Mickey Heineken and uh, uh, my wife and I drove up. And uh, I'm not like you know I, I, I'm not sure I'm going to get the job. You know I, I always say this is a there's a there's a there's you know ten thousand football coaches who are better than me who would want that job, and there's probably a thousand hockey coaches better than me who would want the hockey job, um, but there weren't uh, a whole lot of people who could do football and hockey, you know. So that combination just put me in a in a different in a different uh, in a different place, and you know, in women's hockey in 1988. So Mike would remember this going to watch the uh, uh, you know the Wesleyan women's team play Allison Zader playing and, you know, and, and Lango coaching, 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 the, coaching that team. And, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't what it is now, you know, you know, where it is now, it's, you know, it's, it's going through the roof in the last, in the last, you know, 20 years. But back then it was, it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't, it wasn't, wasn't, wasn't what it is. And I actually coached through, I actually coached football, hockey and baseball for my first eight years. It wasn't, I coached, I mean, at Middlebury, I coached all, all three. But anyway, we went we went up to went up to, to Middlebury and uh, interviewed, and uh, we had we had just moved back to Rhode Island. I taught one year. I hated it. Uh, we had a baby, bought a house. M- my wife and I are both from the same hometown. Our, our parents went to high school together. 
uh, same class, right? So the four of them are in the same class. My wife and I are from the same class in, in, the, in the same high school that they went to. And then uh, uh, Middlebury is about four hours from Boroughville where we grew up. And she cried the whole way home. The whole way home. She cried for four straight hours all the way home. This is God's honest truth. And, uh, and uh, I'm like, what are you, what, what, what's going on? She goes, you're going to get this job. We're going to move. I don't want to go. And you know, blah, blah, blah. And one thing led to another. And, and uh, uh, you know, we got it. And now if, you know, through the years, been, there's been opportunities to, to, to go other places, to do other things. And she's the one who would never leave right now she would she would she would she would never you know, her roots are here now and i mean she's you know this cemented in she's not going anywhere but that's that's how we ended up there and you know she didn't want to go and, and uh and, and she loves it so. and and honestly bill you know it's it's you know nescac are great jobs i mean you 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 see you know across the board at every school you know you see people that are there for 25 30 40 years sometimes and um you know it's just it's it's the the quality of life, you know, that these pla- these places provide, and um, you know, competitive salaries, and you know, a lot of lot of uh, uh, places, you know, faculty status, and some things, multiple year contracts, and some things that a lot of other schools that I've coached at, you know, you know, don't do, and uh, um, so it's you know, it's definitely an opportunity, and you get to coach great kids, and and you know, obviously, uh, um, you know through the years and what you've been able to accomplish in, in, uh, in women's hockey is, is, you know, you must've had a lot of, a lot of really good kids come through the program. And, you know, that's, that's, you know, to, to, to build that tradition, to build that program from the ground up is gotta be something you're extremely proud of. Yeah. You know, it, 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 it has been special, you know, and, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of things that uh, a lot of people to, to, you know, be, to be thankful for. And some of it's, from, you know, the, you know, coaching football taught me a lot about coaching other sports, being in a staff room where, where you can bounce ideas off of people. And Mike, I'm sure you'd, you'd say this too, um, you know, going through this when, when we were, you know, when we were, we were playing football and, you know, um, it's so different now where, where, you know, football coaches just do football. I mean, there, you could count on one hand, you know, EJ, Ritt, you know, the number of people who coach football in the NESCAC who do other things. And back in the day when we went to school, you know, Herb Kenny was the offensive coordinator. He was the basketball coach. And Costi was the defensive coordinator. He coached, he coached uh, baseball. And, and Biddy was a coach of defensive line. He was the head wrestling coach. And, you know, and you can go right through the department, you know, uh, lacrosse and soccer and duke was uh you know with terry jackson so, yep, yep. yeah yeah terry jackson yep and uh you know i always thought those guys had the best lives and um and i still i still say this like i, I have no idea so you know I, I coached football for 20 years and then uh the hockey just got to be too much and i'm now the i'm now the women's golf coach so some people will look at me and say yeah you got a pretty good gig going and which is <laughs> which is which is i've had a pretty good gig for 33 years to be honest um but I always thought the fact that you wore different hats and you coached different kids and you spent time with, you know, when I was coaching football, hockey, and baseball, it was, you know, guys, girls, guys, and um, it was just different. It was just, it was fun. You had, you get to do do different things. I, don't, I have no idea how these people just coach one sport. That's all they do. How they're not just bored, bored out of their minds. Like what, what are you, what are you doing all day long? You know, and I, I, I mean, you're an AD. You, you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Like, what are you, what are you doing all day long? You know? Um, so the fact that you do different things, you know, jack of all trades, master of none, you know, that type of thing, but at least it's, at least it's, uh, it's been entertaining and, you know, I've learned a lot and been around a lot of good people and, uh, you know, so. It's interesting, right? It's like, you know, I, I coach kids too. And, you know, I always say to these kids at a lot of my camps this summer, I'm saying, you know, why are you, you're 10 years old. Why are you specializing in one sport? It's ridiculous. You're going to hate the sport by the time you're 14. That's kind of where we've gone. And, you know, what I love about the NESCAC school is what you were talking about. It kind of has that old school, high school, prep school feel where coaches can coach more than one sport. It gives you the opportunity to do those things. And yeah. it's got to keep it fresh for you. Otherwise, to coach the same team for 33 years, it's hard. It's hard to do that and not be fresh, you know? But yeah. but my, my bigger point is, is uh, um, you know, a lot of schools in the NESCAC are known for certain sports. Middlebury, hockey is the number one. Uh, you guys have an amazing facility. 
And obviously, my sister went there in the early 90s when the men's hockey program was was just winning every single game, it seemed like. And obviously, what you guys have done has been incredible. But uh, what's it like having those kind of facilities for hockey and having that kind of a tradition, you know, on both the men's and women's side, being somewhere where people just genuinely all in love the sport like that? Yeah, I think that it, it's, it's been good. You know, when, when the men's hockey team honestly took off, they, I, you know, I always think about this in, I guess it was 94, they started on their, on their winning ways. And it's kind of when we started too. And we, we played in the old rink. And the old rink uh, wasn't anything to write home about. You know, there was a, put it this way, back then, Spurrier was probably the nicest rink in the NESCAC. Um, uh, and then I remember being at Wesleyan and going up to play at Middlebury and, uh, you know, and, and, and having beer poured on me through the chicken <laughs> wire in the, in the, you know, in, in one of the def- defensive corners. Um, the only thing that was different by the time I got up there to coach was that the chicken wire was now, was now plexiglass. So, you know, the men won five national championships. We went on a, on a tear too, uh, in the old rink and then the old rink and and winning, you know, winning, um, you know, winning begets a lot of things. And, um, it, it, uh, you know, it it helped us get, helped us get the new rink and, um, you know, so it wasn't the new rink brought the, wasn't the new rink brought the, brought the winning. It was the winning that ended up, no, but the facilities are great. And one of the things I think that, that helps with, with uh, both of our programs, the men's and the women's team is uh, you know, you're in the North country, whether it's, you know, St. Lawrence Clarkson, you know, up in the Northern part of New York or, you know, uh, Middlebury or, or Northfield with Norwich is, you know, this is what people do on Friday and Saturday nights. There's not a whole lot going on. So they go to hockey games and uh, you know, Middlebury has been very passionate. The town of Middlebury has been very passionate about, about uh, the hockey programs and, you know, we go, I go in and, you know, townspeople have their seats, you know, where they're going to be. And, uh, um, you know, so it's, it's been a lot of fun getting to know them and the kids get to know them and, um, uh, the, you know, the players and, uh, but the, the facilities, are, you know, they're certainly fantastic. The uh, hockey rink is, is pretty special. So, Bill, talk to us a little bit about, about the recruiting and, and, you know, how that's evolved through the years as the games, games expanded and, and, um, you know, obviously, uh, you have the opportunity to recruit nationally. I mean, any, any, you know, high school player out there, you know, predominantly is going to know Middlebury hockey. So how, how, you know, how do you go about, I mean, other than the, sh- you know, the showcases and that kind of thing, I mean, do you, do you, you know, is, 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 is your database, uh, a national database? Do you, are there, do you focus in certain schools? You know, wh- what's been your success? What's been the secret to your success? We've, um, you know, it, it's, it's actually funny. In the beginning, it was it was like when you when you when you started coaching football in the NESCAC, you know, you go home, make phone calls, watch tape, you know, and and then with the hockey, you you, you started going to you know, you go to one of the Christmas tournaments, you know, the Taft tournament. That was the first one. And then the next year it was the Taft tournament and the, the St. Mark's tournament, and then. You know, and then there was then there was a, a couple more, and and then as it it's 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 like it's like the it, it's like football, like it's it's evolved into the recruiting is just it's just crazy, and you could go somewhere every single weekend almost the whole year, and you know, uh, uh, it's it's my 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 two of my daughter two of my three daughters played. And uh, my wife, and <laughs> she ended up being the one who, who dragged the kids all over the place because I always had hockey. So she was, you know, the day after Thanksgiving, they're in a tournament in Rhode Island. The day after Christmas, they're in a tournament in, uh, in, in Cromwell, you know, and, and I've got hockey, so I, I don't have to go. And, but it, it, the, the level of, the level of uh, hockey has improved. The number of, um, of tournaments is, is just going, it's going crazy. Tournaments, showcases, camps, um, and uh, you could almost go someplace every single weekend uh, to, 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 to recruit, you know, and we've done, we've tried really hard um, to, to, to make a, a dent into Minnesota. Um, you know, we, but we've had kids, you know, we've got a senior defenseman from Arizona, you know, we've got, you know, kids from, from, from California, you know, so we've, uh, you know, we've, we've kind of been all over the place and do it, you know, try hard to be all over the place, honestly, you know, to, to, to find kids where other people aren't going to be and to find players, you know, it's so competitive and, you know, you're dealing with the Ivies as well as the, as well as the NESCACs and, 
finding 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 players who who academically can get in, and then finding players who um, you know who can also make you better. You know, so not just finding roster spots, finding kids who can make you better. So that's that's always been it's been the goal is you know yeah obviously the the academic piece has to has to fit. You know, you could you know get Sidney Crosby without grades, not, they're not getting in. Well, at least not at least not to our schools. You know. Yep. So you know another thing on that point, Coach, I, I'd like to know about is, and I hope I don't get too controversial here. But um, as someone who, you know, I call a lot of hockey and I, I came up, one of my first broadcasting opportunities was doing uh, junior showcases. So I would call like 15 games, you know, over two or three days in juniors. And I noticed at that level that there were a lot of great junior girls teams that were coming up too. The personality of a lot of the junior girls was that the same personality that I would see from the junior guys. So my point is, do you see there being a scenario where women's hockey starts shifting their rules from what some might consider to be a little antiquated in terms of, you know, not allowing any of the any of the checking, towards where the closer towards where uh, the men's rules are. You know, I, I don't I don't know. I, I think there are there are there are certain people out there who'd like to make it exactly like. And like I don't. Yeah, I don't game. mean that. Yeah, I don't mean that. Yeah, uh, and I, I think there's I think there's plenty of contact um, um, on the on the. Uh, on the women's game, the way it is now, uh, sometimes I think there's too much. But I always said, you know, when I was when I was younger and my, my daughters were younger, that if they turned it into the men's game, into the men's game, uh, I'd be buying my daughters basketballs because I didn't want I didn't mm-hmm. want them to play, um, you know, uh, the way um, the way the, the the guys play. Sometimes I like the idea, and I think like the, like the the people who come to see us play. You know the the, the talents people, the, especially the older people. They like it when there's a whistle and there's not a scrum. You know, mm-hmm. so the goalie freezes the puck, and all of a sudden there's not right. there's not gloves up in people's faces, right. and it's pushing and shoving. And you know, they like the fact that you know the, the whistle blows and people you know kind of go. And and it's not 100, percent but yeah. it's probably it's probably 90 percent where they they go back to their respective benches or faceoff spots and and get ready for the next whistle. Um, so I, I think there is a purity to the to the women's game that I like. Uh, doesn't mean like it doesn't mean that I don't like the men's game. I think that's I just think it's a little bit different, um, and uh, uh, with with the way that it's with the way that it's played, enforced, and you know there are a lot of times when you know as coaches we get angry um, with officials because officials are being asked to. Uh, to do, uh, you know, you could have a you could have a, uh, a Friday night game between the the, the, the Wesleyan uh, women and Trinity women, and then all of a sudden go play, and then go have to officiate the next day, you know, the Trinity men and the in the in the, uh, in the in the in the Wesleyan men, you know, and so you're asking these guys, these officials to go back and forth between, and you know, it might be easier to go from women to men, but there are a lot of times it's going men to women and it's, it's, uh, it just, you know, it's hard, you know, what's a check, what's not a check. Right. It's actually easy. It's actually easier to, to, to officiate a men's game than it would be to officiate a women's game, especially when you've come from, you know, from, from doing a men's game, you know, uh, the, 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 you know, right before. Yeah. That, that was kind of what I was getting at. I mean, it's, 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 it's just become so much faster than it was even when I was in high school. And a lot of these players, I think, come up playing, you know, whether it's they play at younger junior ages with guys or whatever. And they, sure. you know, then I've seen a lot, you know, you know, super talented players. They just can't stay out of the penalty box because they're just, you know, it's they, they get out and they go right back in. It's just checking, 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 checking. That was the only reason I brought it up. Yeah. And so, Bill, your, your daughters played, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and did you coach them when they were growing up? I did um, a little bit, not not a whole lot, you know. So I would volunteer, and if I was around, you know, like if we had home games or or, or no games, you know, that type of thing, then I would then I would uh, then I would go. I would go to you know run some practices, and I would do some games when I was available. Uh, but it's it's hard when it's the same, you know, when it's the same same uh, season. Yeah. Same season, yeah. Yeah, I remember, uh, you know, my son Jake was playing youth football up in Williamstown, and. You know, I went to the practice and, you know, kind of sat in my chair and wrote recruiting letters. And, you know, the, the coach came over and, and uh, I said to him, I said, hey, I said, um, uh, you know, I, I don't start practice here because we're in the NESCAC, so we don't start for 
couple more weeks. Um, you know, if you need if you need any help running any drills or you have any questions, anything I can help you out with, he goes, Coach, I'm all set. I just finished Bill Walsh's book on the West Coast offense. We're good. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I ran into a couple of those. Yeah. 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 Classic. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. No question. Classic. Classic. So and did your daughters your daughter one did one go to Millbury or more go to Millbury? No, the oldest one went to Williams. Williams. Uh, when, matter of fact, when you were when you were when you were right. at Williams, that's right. right. That's right. Yeah. You, you, you tried to get her a job. I remember that. You tried to yep. get her a job, and yep. uh, and they, they wouldn't let you. They wouldn't let yep. you hire her. And uh, <laughs> and then, uh, but the youngest one, the youngest one, um, uh, went to your alma mater at Loomis Chafee, and there then you go. Uh, and then she came to Middlebury and played um, played hockey and lacrosse uh, at, at Middlebury. Nice, nice. Uh, yeah. So I got to I got to. I got to coach her, which is one of the highlights of my career. I was just going to ask you about that. So tell us, what was that like? It was, um, it was, uh, well, let me, let me, let me put, go back a little bit. Um, when I was coaching football, my, my brother, Doug, uh, who Mike, you know, is the yep. defensive coordinator of the football team now. And uh, he went to Middlebury and he played for me. And I was not, uh, I was not very easy on him. Yeah, you know, I was not, was not very easy. He went, you know, there wasn't going to be anyone saying he's playing because, you know, because of. So, you know, it, it, I, I, I'm sure I, I, I'm sure I crossed the line, you know, a bunch of times. And he didn't, you know, he, he his advice was don't let her come here. You don't want to coach her. And then, and then, you know, Jane, my wife, didn't want her to come uh, because she thought it could, you know, it could ruin the our relationship, you know, change the dynamic of the family, whatever. And then Bill Beanie, Bill Beanie, who was the, the men, who, who was the men's coach at, at the time, um, uh, he knew I was struggling with what, with what to do. And he, he grabbed me one day and said, Hey, you've spent, you spent your whole career raising other people's kids. You know, and that's what he said. You, you know, we, we coach in an SCAC, you're teachers is what you are, is what he's saying. You've spent your whole career, you know, taking care of other, other people's kids, raising other people's kids, coach your own kid. And, uh, she came and, uh, it was, it was, uh, it was an unbelievable experience. And it was only one time in the four years where, uh, she got mad at me, uh, because, and it was because I, uh, I didn't cut people. She thought I should have cut some kids and I just didn't think I, it was the right thing to do, but that was the only time. The only time. So other than that, it was great, and so you get to see her every day at practice, and you know she's living on campus, and uh, so you see her at practice, and then you know, and then I got to you know I got to watch her play lacrosse. She was she's pretty good. She was a pretty good. Uh, she was a forward for hockey, and then a then a real good uh, lacrosse goalie. They won the national championship her so yeah her senior year they won her senior year she won two NESCAC championships and played in two final NCAA final fours, and then won the uh, won the lacrosse championship. So wow. she had a she had a pretty good pretty good senior year. That, that's pretty good. That's a pretty good go. Yeah, it's a pretty good. Yeah. yeah. So, but it was it was fun to have her and uh, and, and to be around her. And it, no, we we had sent her to Loomis. She went to Loomis for four years because you know because of the hockey and the lacrosse at Loomis and uh, uh, and who the coaches you know who the who the coaches were. Uh, so uh, so it was good to have her back and and, uh, and it worked out. It worked out great. That's great. So, Bill, there's too much overlapping going right now. Class of 83, you guys both have Williams connections, Loomis connections, <laughs> obviously Wesleyan football connections. Let it on me. I need one Coach Whalen story. Let's have it. That, don't hold anything back. Let's go. We, we don't really need to go there. No. Come no. on. All I know is all I know is Mike Mike could shake shake the uh, you know shake a rug when the uh, Dr. Mezzi fights infection when they were when they were playing. You know, Mike was right out in front with uh, with. <laughs> With the old, with the old band. Yeah. Uh, I, I was an official roadie. I was an official you were. roadie for, you were. for the, uh, for the, the famous band. And, yeah. uh, we yeah. had some good times. We had some good times. Da- at the Downey house. Downey, Downey house. house. Yeah. Downey house. Yeah. Yeah. Never been the same. Never <laughs> been the same. <laughs> sure it hasn't. Bill, so <laughs> you, you've coached, obviously you've coached men and women at the college level. Um, what do you think is the main difference between coaching, uh, between coaching a women's team and a men's team? Well, that's a great question. You know, I used to get, I don't get any once I stopped coaching football, but I used to get graduate students from all over the country would, would email me and ask me, 
or you know, email or, or call to ask, and, you know, because they were writing, writing, writing papers on the differences between coaching men and women. Um, you know, for, with my experience with, with co- coaching, uh, you know, I'll go back to coaching football and coaching, coaching hockey. Um, the, the hockey piece of it was, you know, once, the, once they stepped, once they stepped uh, onto the ice, it was never any different. For me, it, it was it was it was it was the same. Like you, you, you're coaching hockey players, it wasn't. You know, I, I didn't care, right? But when they came back off the ice, there were other you know, there were other times where, um, you know, where where, where where it was different. And um, you know, I coached the defense at Middlebury for a lot of years, and I was a defensive backs coach, and I get to be really really close with those guys. Um, but you know, you're not, you're not, you're not, I was never, you know, you're not close with everybody, you know, you're not close with the whole team. And, um, the, the coaching, coaching the women is, it's just, it's just been special. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't, if I could go back and say, you could do something else. I'm not, I'm not sure I would, I'm not sure, I'm not sure I would trade it. Um, because I just think that I always say this, I have three daughters, no sons and having three daughters has helped me coach women, you know, women's hockey team. And coaching the women's hockey team has helped me raise three daughters. So the things that I've learned from from both sets have 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 helped me. You know, and I grew up I grew up I grew up in a family of boys. You know, no sisters. Uh, when I went to the Hill School, that was all boys prep school. I went back to teach you. It was an all boys prep school. Went to Wesley and lived in Deke. You know, li- lived in the fraternity. You know, uh, you know, you know. I was kind of. You know, a little myopic with with <laughs> with my upbringing, and then uh, and I always said my, my my oldest I was coaching football in Rhode Island, and my oldest daughter was born um, uh, in Rhode Island and in Massachusetts. Playing football on Thanksgiving was always a huge deal, and we had a big football game uh, against our rival. And my wife's pregnant; she's not due till the like the twenty eighth, the thirtieth of November. Went to bed the Thanksgiving evening, the night before Thanksgiving. And my brother Doug is a quarterback. He's going to be the quarterback the next day as a freshman because the junior quarterback had failed out. So all of a sudden, our good quarterback's gone. And I went, I went to bed that night with my wife. And I remember saying, whatever you do, don't go into labor tonight. And then she says, she finally wakes me up at, at, like, at, at like 6 in the morning. She says, it's, she said, I, I went into labor four hours ago. I was too afraid to tell you. <laughs> so, uh, so so uh so i missed the football game i missed the game and i've always i've always told the 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 oldest daughter that as soon as you as soon as your mother told me that she was in labor and we were going to the hospital that there was no question you were a girl because 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 there's no way that you know if you were a boy that you 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 know that that you'd 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 have stayed in for a little while longer (laughs) you know so but you know, see, but Aaron, Aaron, the oldest daughter, Aaron, she always chuckles at that one. So yeah, she was born on Thanksgiving, uh, Thanksgiving Day uh, in 1987, and I was in a hospital instead of, you know, instead of coaching football, which is where I should have been, in the hospital with my wife and seeing my baby, you know, my daughter born. Uh, that's a that's a great story. That's a yeah. great story. So you you were a co- oh you were an assistant coach on that team. I was just a coach, and and, and I went when oh. I left the middle school, I went back to Rhode Island, and I was uh, yeah. Oh, I thought you were just saying as a big brother, like that's a big day. Little brothers no, playing quarterback no. Thanksgiving day. No, I was coaching. Oh, was coaching. wow. So that's a double whammy. Wow. Yeah, I was, I was, I was coaching. I, I was doing the offense. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. The head coach, I left, called the head coach up and he, who had, you know, he had no idea, you know, he's a great guy, but he was doing the defense. He had no idea what I was doing on the offensive side of the ball. And it was like, yeah, I, I can't go. <laughs> and, <laughs> Yeah, they won the game. So okay, they, they cool. That's that's good so, to know. Yeah. yeah, they won it somehow. So, so yeah. you've been you you've shifted over and started coaching golf, right? And I know yeah. that's a first of all, talk about sweet gigs. There are no gigs better if you enjoy playing <laughs> golf than being a golf coach, whether in high school or college, because that means not only you get to be around the game of golf, but you probably get to play more golf than the average person. Yeah. Fair yeah, or unfair at the college level? Yeah, have that opportunity. Yeah. yeah. All right. So my question is, how has the handicap been impacted by your time as the uh, as the golf coach? Uh, 
it hasn't it hasn't really changed a whole lot. We've we've had some health issues with the back, so you know, so that uh, has put a little bit of uh, strain on the on the on the amount of playing and stuff. So, um, but you know, that's kind of the way it goes. You know, you know, we had uh, I had sciatica a few years ago, and uh, I haven't had a whole lot uh, more pain than that. And I'll do just about anything never to have that again. So. To not 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 screw up the back is a is a is a priority right now. But you know it's 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 fun to be you know I tell you what it was it was in this uh, in this age of the pandemic that we're in it was great to be on a golf course uh, you know five days a week this fall and we, and we had great weather and there was no uh, you know I think it rained once the whole fall up here so it was uh, it, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. Out to any great kid, we have the same thing. You have great kids, and it's been a learning curve, coach. You know, with the golf, because you know, as uh, uh, the learning curve has been, you've coached, you know, you've coached team sports your whole life, and all of a sudden, it's like, you know, there are some kids. You know, how do you take, you know, a bunch of individuals and you know who care about themselves, and then turn it into a team piece of it too? You know, so it's a, it's a, it's a little bit of a, a little bit of different. Uh, a little bit of a, of a different animal, you know, coaching individual sports. And and Bill, what what about the uh, you know the COVID year for 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 hockey? Like what what um, you know, take us through what that's been for you. Um. Well, I'll tell you right. I'll tell you now. I am bored out of my mind. Completely bored out of my mind. As I'm as I'm sure as I'm sure most people are. Um, you know, we probably skated. We had twenty three players come back we had five just took the whole year off um we had 23 come back for the fall um when they let us out on the ice i think it was the middle of october i'm trying to think is that what the nescac rules were mike uh, yeah 15 15 yep. yep. so we probably had what five weeks before the, the kids gets gets at home right around th- the week before thanksgiving so it was you know it was it was good we you know we practiced in we practiced. We had, you know, all the NESCAC schools had different rules, uh, what they could, what they could and couldn't do. You know, we split up into. We had three locker rooms. Put them in the three. You know, split them up in the thirds, and and then we had. I think we could have uh, ten kids or twelve kids on the ice counting the goalies. So we in the beginning, and, and so we would go in groups, and you know, you know, we skated four four days a week, um, and then a couple of the days that was just, you know, it was. Uh, just split them in half one day a week was the forwards and the defensemen went, you know, separately. And then they let us go as long as we were really, really careful. We could put the whole team on the ice, um, uh, once a week. And by the end we, we were putting them on, you know, but, but we had rules like we couldn't, we couldn't play any cross ice games. They, they weren't really supposed to touch each other. And so it was all, you know, so we played some, we played some, you know, some competitive stuff, but, it was always like four on two or three on one. So they could move the puck and, 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 and uh, but still, you know, play within the parameters that the, the, the uh, doctors in the training room had set for us. Uh, it was good. You know, it was good, you know, and, and then now, you know, our kids, we have, we have J term. So that starts, I think on Monday and that's remote for everyone. So everyone's gone. And then I think, the kids, you know, I think the kids come back sometime late in February. They get tested, go through the whole thing again. And I honestly don't know how many of my kids are coming back. Um, I think some of the kids will take classes remotely. And I think there's a, a lot of the kids are just going to say, I'm not, we're, we're going to take it off. And then, uh, and then to keep their eligibility. And um, so having the J term, having the J term helps us because of the, uh, because of the NCAA rule that, uh, um, you have, I think it's 60 days after you would graduate, uh, to finish your, 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 uh, athletic career. So if they take J term in the spring off and then come back, so it just pushes it back for that, you know, call it a ninth semester. So instead of taking their semester now, they take it later on in the J term, J term ends in February. And then from say graduation in February for the, for the typical Febbies is February 1st. And they would have 60 days after that to finish. So the J term helps us, you know, helps those kids have, you know, you know, keep their eligibility. 
Right. So, but I, but I honestly don't know, you know, it's starting to trickle in from different kids. I'm coming back. I'm not coming back. And we'll put the ice back in, um, at the end. We, we took the ice, the, the week after Thanksgiving, the, the ice went out. We'll put it back in, um, in February. Uh, and I don't know how many, uh, of my kids are coming back. I know Neil probably has 10 or 12 kids and they'll, you know, they'll do stuff in it in, you know, in skill sessions and, but just, just not the same. Right. Yeah. yeah no question about it. You know, it's, uh, I know some people are coaches, uh, feedback I've gotten is, you know, Hey, you know, we've, we've, uh, it's forced us to, 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 you know, think outside the box to do some different things to, you know, we've, we've, you know, able to work on things that we never had time to work on, but that only lasts for so long. You know, sure. Because you, you get to the point where you're just like, you know, hey, we need to play. We need to play a game. Yeah. And uh, so it's, uh, you know, yeah. obviously. No question. Uh, yeah. No question. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, and like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, you, you know, I'm bored. Like, right. you know, what, you know, I mean, I, I even miss going on the road to recruit, you know, going to the prep school tournaments <laughs> and, you know, driving down to Loomis to, to go to go see, you know, I, it's always like, oh, I gotta go. I gotta go see this kid play. And now I'm like, I'd love to go someplace. <laughs> I'd love to. I'd love a chance to leave Vermont. You know, please let me leave. Let me go someplace. You know. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just, it's just, and it, what it, what it, what it's done is, uh, and again, I'm sure this is. I'm sure I'm not the only one who's said this or, or thought of this, but you know, I wrote letters to all. You know, my big thing has always been handwritten letters, right? Handwritten. That was. And I got that from Mac. Coach that Mac, a, that no was a question. Hundred percent. Do you use a felt tip magic marker or do you use a pen? No, I use. I I don't use the big thick one that he used. <laughs> but I, but, uh, but all my in, throughout my years, all my recruiting is is always been handwritten notes. It's always been handwritten the whole the whole time, and and I just you know, I just sent all my players handwritten notes, and I'm in the process of of writing to to my golfers, but. You know, one of the things I've uh, I said to them in different ways is that, you know, you you get used to, like, you know, you said 33 years, you get used to this this routine, you know, whether it's football season or hockey season or baseball or golf or whatever, it's, you have the, you have a routine and you have a daily routine and a weekly routine and a monthly routine. All of a sudden, the routine's out the window and it's like, all right, what are, how, what am I doing today? Like, what, what, what am I, what am I, we got a, we got, we went and got a new puppy. I got, we got a, we got an 11 week yellow lab. You know, so we got it. We got it two weeks ago, and 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 I wanted it. I'm like, all right, this will give me something to do. When we had it for a week, and I'm like, all right, let's send it back. Let's send it back. <laughs> this, is, this is way more work. This is, and we and we're dog. Like we've had. He's our fourth dog. But, you know, I wasn't. I wasn't sixty when we got the last one. You right. Know? Right. I wasn't yeah. sixty. You know, yeah. what are we? What are we doing? You know. Yeah. But, but that's but that's that's kind of where it is, and you know, there's. There's enough snow on the ground that there's snow on the ground, so you can't go out and cut trees, and you know, uh, and it's but there's not enough snow. I, you know, I'm not going up to snow bowl. It's it's just I hate being you know hockey coach and live in Vermont, and I hate the cold. So <laughs> I, I don't mind I don't mind I don't mind skiing. I, like I don't mind getting down the mountain, but I want the heated gondola to get up to the top. <laughs> the, the Middlebury snow bowl doesn't have the heated gondola, so yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah, so I'm a little you know. Just, just kind of, kind of going where it is right now. So. Okay, so coach, you know, we ask most of our guests this question, and you know, in your case, you have the experience of being at Wesleyan and spending, you know, over thirty years at Middlebury. So, if talk about the value that you have found with the totality of the liberal arts education. You know, I, I, I always say I'll, I'll, I'll use I'll use me as as, as the as the example, and. Um, and I and I and I, I say this I say this to young 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 coaches uh, I say this to young uh, uh, to, to to my players and I, I don't have the answers to everything you know people ask me questions I don't always know um, but I think the, the what the what Wesleyan what Wesleyan taught me and afforded me was uh, the ability to go ask questions and not to be afraid to go ask questions and to listen to the answers and then to wade through the answers and take the things that I like and leave out the things that I don't like. And I think to me, that's what the liberal liberal arts education gives you is it teaches you, teaches you how to ask questions. It teaches you how to think, uh, teaches you how to listen 
and it teaches you how to, again, how, how to take the information that you get and use it, use it to your benefit. And, um, uh, you know, I'm not this, I'm not the smartest guy in the world. Um, uh, but I've, but I've, I've never been afraid to ask people questions and, 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 to, and I, I'm still doing it. You know, I still ask, you know, I'm still asking hockey coaches all over, all over the place when I was coaching football. I was certainly asking people, you know, all the time, uh, what kinds of things. Um, but I, but I do think that's what, you know, in, in, you know, one of the things that Middlebury does is it, 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 it makes kids take uh, one class in 10 different disciplines in, in 10, in 10 different areas and they can opt or, or, or nine different areas. They can opt out of one of them. Uh, and, uh, but it gives, it gives them a smattering of, of, uh, the ability to, to, to be able to, I would say you, you can have a conversation in, 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 about something in some different, in some, you know, so you could opt out. Of, if you're not a language person, you could opt out of a language class, or if you're not a math person, you could opt out of a math, math class. Um, and they're not all like high level classes. You could take a math class that's would be, would, could be a, a lower level, but it's going to have something to do with, with, with math. And so I, I always thought that that was a great concept, you know, um, uh, the, the, the idea of, you know, broadening the horizon a little bit, giving the kids a little bit of, uh, uh, of an ability to, to be able to have a discussion or at least to be able to listen to, to a discussion. You're at a dinner party and someone starts talking about history of art, you know, some kind of art, you know, some, uh, and you're like, yeah, I have no idea what this guy's talking about, you know, just standing with, you know, with, you know, and all of a sudden, maybe if you took a class in a history class, maybe you have some concept of, of, of who that person, you know, who they're talking about, you know, or politics or, or whatever it is. So, um, so I thought that I, I always thought that was good. You know, I am I was a math teacher. Um, I still when I went to when I went when I was when I was uh, when I went to Middlebury, I took math classes. I still I still uh, teach math in the summer at a, at a summer school in New Hampshire. Um, I spend five weeks at a uh, uh, teaching, and I and I love it. In uh, so I, I used to teach incoming freshmen at at, uh, at Middlebury. Uh, you know, they used to bring bring uh, um, you know 30 kids 40 kids in early a month before school would start and I, I, I taught the math for that so it's always it's always in, you know it's always giving me something else you know again you know the, the, the jack of all trades master of none you know the renaissance type guy you know so you know the, 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 the idea of being able to teach math in the summer um, I tell people I tell recruits that you know, parents look at me like you teach math and I'm like yeah that's always one of my one always always one of my uh, questions to the recruits what you what are you taking for math and then what's your favorite math class and you know and so it, you know it just gives you something else to, to talk about in you know as opposed to just talking about hockey and so we still you know we still still teach still teach the math in this in the summer school in New Hampshire that must have been that must have been a Burville thing because uh, coach Hauser he's a big math guy too right yeah, yeah, he's uh, yeah, he uh, he was. I think he's just, he, he's his thesis away from his PhD at Wesleyan. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, and I think I'm one. I was going to do it, and then Middlebury wouldn't wouldn't let me do it. I was one credit away from one credit and a thesis from getting from getting a math degree from Middlebury. Wow. And then and then uh, and then uh, and they said you can't do that. You'd have to go back and take every other class. And then they went and changed the rules, and now. No, I don't care. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, now I, you know, but but uh, but I but I but I love teaching. You know, I love I love you know, uh, I, I I love teaching. Uh, you know, and uh, I teach uh, SAT math in the summer, and uh, and uh, and usually geometry too. So I would say I was the worst geometry worst geometry student in the history of 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 geometry. But it's 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 one of the things that I can do, you know. It, you know, it's one of the things I think I'm actually pretty good at because I know what it's like to sit on the other side of the table and have no idea what's going on. So <laughs> when those kids are looking at you with, you know, with their you know with their eyes crossed because they're they're swimming, I know what it's like to sit over there and swim. So that's great. So yeah, yeah, that's it's, great. It's, uh, gives me something else to do. Yeah. Coach, I think Chris, that's a, yeah. I think it's a transition, Coach. You took the words right out of my mouth. Uh, yeah. Coach Mandigo, we do something every week at the end of our shows. We put our guests through the Wesleyan University gauntlet. Okay, ten questions, <laughs> yeah. all having to do with Wesleyan. Answer them honestly, 
but answer them only as you wish to. We don't need, you know, they could be as quick or as long of an answer as you want, but we're just going to, Coach and I are going to alternate through these. Bang, 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 answer them from the heart. Yep. Okay. Want me to kick it off? Kick it off, Coach. All right. Uh, favorite professor at Wesleyan? That's a good one. Um, Clarence Walker. Clarence Walker. History. History. Right? Well, he's, he's, my, the big history he's, guy. He's, he's my advisor. Nice. He's my advisor. Yep. There you go. There you go. Yep. Who, my advisor. Who was yeah, Herbie, Herbie Hyman was my advisor. That's right. Herbie <laughs> Hyman, I took, I took him my freshman year. <laughs> he took me my freshman year. He was my, that was my gut my freshman, freshman, <laughs> freshman year. I got a C minus. I was like, I was like failing. First, well, I don't even what the class was. First semester freshman year, I got a C minus. They, the, the older kids, the older kids, the older football kids said, that's like failing. You got a C minus and Herbie Hyman, what are you doing? <laughs> Who was the most influential person in your life? Oh, that's, that's easy. My dad. Nice. My dad. Yep. All right. Uh, you told us what your first job after graduating West was, but what was your first job, official job, you got, that you got paid growing up in Boroughville? Oh, working at Johnny's Clam Spa. I was a dish rat. Nice. <laughs> yeah, Johnny's Clam rat. Spa. Yeah, yeah. Did, you, oh, get to eat? Did yeah. you get to eat for free? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ah, nice. And you wear the same pair of sneakers all – and then – and when this, and when the, uh, when the summer ended, you take the sneakers, and they smelled so bad, you just threw them in the back, in the backwoods. <laughs> all the, all the houses worked there. It was a great, it was a great place. Nice. It was a great place to work. Yeah, nice. great place to work. I think I know the answer to this one, but I have to ask it anyway. If you were forced to cheer for one of these two, who would it be, Amherst or Williams? First, first answer would be none of the above, <laughs> but but if I had to choose, uh, it would definitely be Williams. It would definitely, especially, be especially with your daughter going there, right? You have to you have to show a little allegiance there. Yeah, I mean, we told her when she was at uh, she was never allowed to wear purple, so she said <laughs> Williams at home, Williams for four years, and you can't wear purple in the house. But uh, no, I, I think uh, yeah, it would definitely be Williams. I think they're. Uh, the, the, the kids are a little bit more like Middlebury kids. All right. When you were five years old, what did you want to be when you grew up? Well, that's a long time ago, Mike. <laughs> uh, uh, I would say probably a pro baseball player. Probably played for the Red Sox. There you go. There you go. What's the best piece of advice you received in your life? Control what you can control. Is that a Costi line? I don't know. I've used it up here forever. I, yeah. I don't know where it. I don't know where, but I've I've used it, and uh, I'll get letters from or emails or phone calls from former players, and they'll. I use your line today. I use your line today, but that's always <laughs> been it's always been one of my one of my my favorites. In uh, three words, describe your West experience. Um. And it could be three separate words. It doesn't have to be three words in a row. Yeah. I, I would, you know what? I don't know if this is if this if this fits, but my three words would be: uh, I'd like to do it again. <laughs> I'd like to do it again. That's good. I like that. Perfect. That's good. Do it again. I, yeah. I wish. I, I, you know what? I wish. And Mike, again, you'll 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 understand this. I wish. And it's again, it's different times. You know, seventy when we went there it was the it was the fall of seventy nine. I wish that I wish that people knew what we know now. Like I wish, the, like 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 when you were at Williams and you're at Wesley and you're the head coach, you're telling the kids go to class, you're telling the kids eat the right way. This is how you lift. Like I I wish that you know. That we, we had that. We had, we had that. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah. I agree. You know. You know. And I say that. I say that to the kids all the time. You guys have no idea. Like you guys. You have nutritionists. You have. You have people. You know. You know, making weight weight schedules for you and weight programs for you. And, you know. So I wish we had had that. So to, to be able to go back and have a do over. What do you miss most about Wesleyan? Uh, 
There were, there were two things. One, well, three things. The little gym. The little gym was was always a, a great place. Uh, I miss being able to. I, I miss being able to play. You know, I'm being able to compete. One of the things that drew me to Wesleyan was I love. You know, and, you know, and I, I had, like I said, I had choices, but I love the fact that the baseball field and the football field were right in the center of campus. I thought that was, I thought that was just awesome. You know, that people had to walk by and you were playing, and um, I, I love that. So the ability to compete, and then the third thing is, uh, is, is Deke. You know, I miss, you know, that, that the, the people that were in Deke that you were around all the time, the friends and. Just uh, they're special. They were special times. Yep, they were special times. Yep. Uh, what's the best Wesleyan highlight from the last twenty years? Would you say my best Wesleyan highlight? Um, no, no, doesn't, I, have, I, doesn't no. have to. Doesn't have to be yours. Could be. Uh, it could be anything that you know has happened at Wesleyan in the last twenty years. Can be Costi going to the World Series. Can be. You know, mm. can it be something you took part in. I was, yeah, I was, the, I was, at, I was in uh, Middletown when they won that to go to the World Series to go to the to the. Um, I drove from Pottstown to go see that. You, you know, I mean, obviously, there's 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 lots of lots of things with, uh, you know, that the, the people would would normally say. You know, I would assume you know Hamilton would get you know the the guy who, made, you know, created Hamilton or. Belichick, whatever. I mean, there's been there's been lots of lots of reasons to celebrate. Um, I'll say one of the one of the most touching things that I've. Well, I'm probably talking too a little bit too much, but one of the most touching things was when uh, when uh, when Wesleyan women hockey beat us two years ago, and to see those kids throwing their helmets and their gloves up in the air like it was uh, it was the first time the first win ever against against Middlebury. And to see the excitement and the happiness with with those with those kids and, and Jody and and and, uh, and Wolfie, I thought that was that was one of the one of one of the more one of the more touching things. One of the funniest things I'll say, and again I apologize for going off, is when I'm coaching football at uh, at Middlebury and I'm on the sideline, and uh, and my brother Doug was coaching, so I'm the Wesleyan grad coaching football at Middlebury. He's the Middlebury grad coaching football at Wesleyan, and in. Uh, <laughs> And then uh, I remember, you know, our defensive signals he had remembered or, you know, things that we did. And, and he was relaying. And I remember walking out halfway, halfway out into the middle of the field, screaming at him to keep his mouth shut. <laughs> keep his mouth shut. <laughs> that was a – but the uh, the highlight would be – would be honestly, the highlight would be the when, seeing the Wesleyan kids react when they, when they, uh, when they beat us because I thought that was – thought that was pretty special for them. All right, so you've talked about some of these. Now you get to choose. Who's the one Wes alum you would most like to have dinner with? Jed Hoyer. There you go. Nice. Here comes the, sh the shameless plug, Coach. Don't forget, Jed Hoyer was our first guest on Chris and Coach <laughs> Beyond the Box Score. And he is now, he got the yep. Chris and Coach bump. When he came on the show, he was a lowly general manager of the Cubs. And now he is the president. Just saying. Yeah. No. We, we're, I we're know Jed. We're taking full credit for that, Bill. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you get named, if you get named the head coach of USA Women's Hockey tomorrow, <laughs> yeah, not happening. Think about, <laughs> you go, we go more. Jed Hoyer, Jed Hoyer played played baseball in high school at Holderness. Yeah. So he and my brother Doug went to high school together, and uh, so Holderness. That's it's snow on the ground till July. Yeah. In Plymouth, Plymouth. <laughs> I played a football game there in the snow. There you go. There you go. No, there'd be a lot of people to have that, like that dinner with. No. No. Anyway, you've passed a couple, guys, a couple guys from back at Deke you haven't seen in uh, 35 years. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. No, no question about that. Yeah. No question yeah. about that. Well, Coach, we really appreciate the time, and this has been awesome. And uh, uh, you know, it's uh, it's great to catch up and, and, and reminisce a little bit. And uh, uh, you know, you know, I've I've through the years have have always followed your career, and and have always been proud of what you've been able to accomplish in every sport that you've coached. And I've coached against you, 
uh, you know, and, and have, you know, the, the utmost respect for you as a, you know, as a coach, but as a person, as a father, and, uh, you know, really proud that we've had this uh, long friendship. So great, great, great to catch up and, and uh, certainly uh, wish you all the best going forward. And hopefully this COVID stuff's in the rearview mirror and we can get back to playing games. Hope so. Thanks, Mike. Thanks. Thanks guys for, for inviting me. I hope, uh, I hope, uh, you know, you, you get it. You edit all the stuff you, you're supposed to edit. <laughs> don't, don't, don't let me look too bad. Uh, he's, he's the best. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll take care of you. We'll take care of you. That is the winningest coach in the history of women's college hockey class of 1983. Bill Mandigo joining us here tonight on Chris and coach beyond the box score. But, for now, it's time to say goodbye. For the producer, Mike O'Brien. For the coach, Mike Whalen. I'm Chris Grace. Until next time, so long, everybody.